Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humble Park, Chicago. Systematic Podcast. Hosted by Twin Sisters. It's a magic podcast. Alexis and Samantha. Samantha. Just in case your friends have Systematic Podcast. Hey, welcome back to Systematic. The show about politics, pop culture, and And sisterhood. sisterhood. Per usual, we are your co-hosts. I'm Sam. And I'm Alexis, and this is episode two. Yes, thank you so much for tuning in. We have a really great guest on today's episode, and can't wait to get to that. But first, we have some shit we want to get into. So first up on the agenda is Puerto Rico. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's been going on there uh, the past few weeks? Yeah, so to try to keep it short, um, Puerto Rico has been undergoing its the biggest political movement that it's seen in its modern history, where hundreds of thousands of people have taken to the streets on the island of Puerto Rico and in cities all across the U.S., um, calling for the governor to resign after a huge corruption scandal. What was the scandal about? Why were people like so upset? There were a few different things that they were upset about. I would say that the straw that broke the camel's back was a the corruption scandal that exploded after 900 pages of leaked text messages came out uh, from a group chat that the governor was in with a group of his closest aides. Um, And a lot of the messages were very homophobic, sexist, offensive. And I think worst of all, there were messages that were mocking and making light of the deaths of hurricane victims following Hurricane Maria. So that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. But there was also a corruption scandal that was um, happening a few weeks before that where uh, people in his administration were stepping down because they were being found to misuse funds, especially funds that people believe may have been linked to hurricane recovery. Mm -hmm. And besides that, it's just been um, a rough time for the people of Puerto Rico. And they feel that this governor has only catered to the rich, the wealthy, the elite, and has left 99% of the island to fend for themselves, which has only gotten extremely worse um, in terms of living conditions after the hurricane. Mm -hmm. Hurricane Maria and Irma rocked the island. Right. And so um, their demonstrations were successful, right? And the governor he just stepped down yes he just stepped down um it's kind of crazy because things are still up in the air we still don't know who the next governor will be Mm -hmm. um but the person that is next in line um said that he's gonna respect whatever the senate votes on so we'll see what happens from here gotcha and like i think that this is an important like topic to cover um, not just because we are Puerto Rican and there's a lot of Puerto Ricans um, here in Chicago, but just because it's like a good example, I think, right, of like what can happen when people like organize and come together. Yes. Yeah, I think it's really important um, in when people think about what happened and question what happened in Puerto Rico and why this was so successful um, to look at the fact that this these protests and demonstrations weren't organized by one political party. They weren't organized by one organization or one figurehead leader. It was um, very organic um, and everyone collectively took to the streets together and a lot of it was like word of mouth and um, information being shared by social media. So it it was um, definitely like a testament to the power of the people. Yes, very inspiring and I'm like 
uh, anxious to figure out like what is next for the island and I hope that it continue things continue to go in a positive direction um, but we'll definitely be like keeping an eye on that right yes no there's a lot of stuff happening this is definitely just the beginning of a much larger movement that is starting on the island a movement that is um, calling for for greater representation for the U.S. government to finally make changes to end its colonial control and power over the island. Um, it's calling for the U.S. government to absolve the debt and all of the predatory loans that have crippled the island of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. There's a, a bunch of demands that are being made right now. It's just the beginning and um, Puerto Rican organizations actually all all across the country and on on the island are organizing a massive day of protests on September 18th um, where everyone's going to show up in Washington DC at the Capitol Mm -hmm. and put forward um, all of the the things that all of the resources and things that the island needs. So I'm kind of down for a road trip to DC. Yeah I'm kind of down too. If anyone else is interested hit us up we'll see what we can make happen. Okay, so switching gears now, this is the part of the show where we would normally cover a pop culture topic, um, and I held this whole um, segment about Instagram that I wanted to cover about how they're, whatever, experimenting in other countries to hide people's likes. But with everything happening in this country right now, it felt a little bit trivial. What I think is necessary for us to address is the mass shootings that just happened in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, and why this is happening. So the death toll is rising, and we could talk about how this is the deadliest mass shooting in America um, in 98 years, but what I think really needs to be addressed is uh, the cause, and there's You know, there's been 250 mass shootings in 2019 in the U.S. alone, which is crazy. And there's people like the motherfucking dude in the fucking White House that want to point fingers at things like video games and mental illness. And I think that it's pretty clear what the real, like, contributing factors are. These, a lot of these shooters are literally leaving letters and, like, trails. Yeah, clear messages of their inspiration and uh, like what is um, motivating them to commit these crimes. And it's hatred. It's hatred and it's racism. And those are the real. And it's sexism and it's, yeah, just hatred and and, like radicalization towards violence in Mm -hmm. general. That um, is clearly on the rise. Like hate crimes are on the rise. Hate it, groups are also growing. Yeah, in this is this is about white supremacy and white nationalism. White nationalism and the failure of a leader that we have sitting in the Oval Office along with his colleagues. Um, yeah, elected officials in all level of government who have failed time and time again to not only condemn hatred and white supremacy as it continues to come out of the shadows in this country and tries to move more and more into the mainstream Mm -hmm. um but they've also just they've embraced it they've mm -hmm. been emboldened by it they've accepted um what is it when someone when someone endorses you they've accepted endorsements from hate groups They're directly profiting off of support from these hate groups. And the people who are allowing this to happen are not being held accountable. This is an issue that has the potential to affect everybody. 
And it's just another, um, you know, very clear example of why it's so important to participate in this upcoming election, whether or not you keep up with politics like it's just like really crucial if you're not registered to vote now would be a really good time to do that if you have any questions about like where or how you can do that um feel free to hit us up on instagram or, or email and we'll we'll definitely send you some links um on how it's pretty simple that being said we know that this intro has been a little intense a little heavy but the conversation that is about to follow is a lot more lighthearted and focused on some really positive and amazing things that are happening in this city. Yeah, and with a really amazing person. Okay, so last thing before we get to this week's guest, just a quick reminder to keep up with us on our social media. Our Instagram is systematic underscore podcast. And also be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Yeah, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts. And if you have time, just write, leave a quick review of what you think about the podcast. Um, it just encourages people to check it out, see what we're talking about, and join the conversation. Yes. And if you have any other questions or suggestions, uh, feel free to email us at systematicpodcast at gmail.com. So we live. Uh, welcome back to the Systematic Podcast. We're sitting here with our guest today, Carly Thornton. Thornton, Hi. right? Did I pronounce Thornton, that Thornton, right? yeah. Cool. AKA Adobe Wan. Adobe Wan Kenobi. How are you, Obi-Wan? Yes. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Super grateful and honored to be a guest on one of the first few of your podcast Aww. episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sam, do you want to give Carly a little intro? Yes. Okay, Carly, he's an amazing, multi-talented visual artist, art director, curator. Um, there's so many. I feel like you wear like so many like hats, right? Too many like, things. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, community like organizer, like just really dope. We're gonna get into a few of the things that Carly does. Um, but yeah, you've been like living here like going to school working for like the past like five years right mm-hmm. and nearly five years nearly yeah cool and yeah like you have been like involved with like a bunch of like kind of like community like building initiatives like party noir right i don't know if that's how you i know you guys like throw parties but it's like about like community right yeah that's dope yeah. and yeah you've like I would say that you've, like, contributed a lot to, like, the music scene here, especially, like, yeah, working with, like, Hate Brand and, like, doing a lot of, like, the other, like, freelance work that you do and, like, flyers and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, is there anything else, like, you think it's important for people to know about you or, like, your experiences here or your experiences not here? Um, I guess, like, how I got into the music scene here. Like, I st- when I first moved here, I was doing event photography, so I was just always following around like different bands and just becoming friends with like super cool um, musicians. And then that's kind of just how I started to get to know everyone. Yeah. But I think a lot of people don't know about me is um, that I'm really community service driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been vo- a volunteer at different places, at different nonprofit organizations since I've moved here. Like I've worked at Refugee One. Um, I've worked at um, the big 
oh my gosh, I forgot the names. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I've worked, I volunteered at like maybe five different places here in Chicago. That's awesome. Yeah, working with kids and artists and stuff. Yeah, that's great. It's so good to like be involved and not enough people, I think, like take the time to do things like that. Yeah, did you decide to get involved with Refugee One specifically because like because of the issues they were working on or like did someone recommend it to you yeah I was a community service scholar at DePaul and every quarter we had to volunteer at somewhere different um and we had to select from a pool of different like places that we can volunteer from and it was around the time where the refugee crisis was coming in Trump just got elected and I was like I really want to work with refugees who might be going through this rough transition at this period refugees from was there any specific population yeah syrian i was specifically trying to work with more refugees from africa Mm -hmm. um just because i wanted them to see someone who looked like them um and also remind them that they don't have to change to american culture like yeah you have to adapt but i want you to also remember where you came from and like don't lose love for like right where you came from and like your culture that's awesome yeah do you have like any like specific like moments from your service there like stories with people that like you still like reflect on yeah i think my favorite would be exchanging music um so the refugees that i was working with they were like french speakers and i also took some french lessons for a couple years in high school so i was able to like show them the french music that i enjoy and they were able to show me like the french music that they love and like we would try to have like conversation in french sometimes so that was like my favorite part of it and just looking up images from their like hometown and just me being like wow that's so beautiful like you all are amazing like beautiful people and then being like what like really like thanks <laughs> i'm like yeah this is amazing yeah that sounds yeah that's a awesome. good experience so like yeah on that notion of like community like building you recently just started your own like community what do you call it like an organization a collective, collective yeah. um of right it's like women of color do you want to yeah talk about that and like yeah what the group is about who it's for what inspired you to do that right so um i started fro skate which is this great crew of women of color learning how to skateboard women including um femme identifying people and trans folk just basically a space for people who aren't generally included in the very white male sphere of skateboarding from the start um I've always been in love with skateboarding since I was in middle school, but I never saw anyone like me doing it, so I just never even possibly considered the thought that I could even skateboard myself. It was just never even a thought in my mind. Um, Until recently, I met a couple people named OJ Hayes and Timothy Johnson. Yeah, shout out to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they really got me back on my board um, and started teaching me some little simple things and like pushing me to be better. It was dope, um, but at the end of the day, I wanted some girlfriends to also like come skate with me, people who I could just hit up on the spare and be like, hey, what are you doing today? And just it'd be super chill. So I invited two of my girlfriends to skate with me, um, and that ended up turning into people hitting me up saying, hey, like, when are you skating? I want to join you. And it just got bigger and bigger, so I started a group chat. That got too big. Then I started Instagram, and then now the Instagram has evolved into, like, a huge community where we organize meetups every Tuesday and it's just like the skate crew is just growing bigger and bigger we have like 35 45 members now yeah 
Yeah, it is crazy. Do you feel like um, because there was like this gap in and like such a big like, like need for it? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like pretty like you know like Chicago, especially to like the outside world. I think like or like it seems like a big city, but like yeah, to think about like something like it's like why wasn't why didn't that already exist like it's like so crazy because there really isn't like anything like it happening right now yeah and i'm so shocked that it's that way like skate culture here is so huge there's so many different legends that skate here or like that originated from here skate parks here are legendary and it's like the skate community is huge yeah like period and the fact that there wasn't a space already created for women especially women of color Mm -hmm. is very shocking or like there is that like house of vans and stuff but something that is consistent and it's also like just a very focused large crew just like specifically for women of color just didn't exist and it's very shocking yeah yeah no that's beautiful all of like the photos and stuff i'm like we shouldn't maybe Mm. I'm like, we should go this week. I wish that we went already before we recorded this. So we can, like, document. Or just, like, so we would know the vibe. I've been wanting to come by it anyway. I'm going to come. Yeah. Get no, on a board. Every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared, though. Oh. It's um, scary. Could you, elab- like, elaborate a little bit more about on, like, who's invited to the group? Yeah. Um, people who generally won't be invited in... Um, the normal sphere like if they don't already have like a space already made for them there's white skate crews there's the boy clubs that are not official but you just know that they're boys clubs so you're not you don't feel generally accepted into them um you show up at a skate park and you don't really see yourself so people who don't really see themselves in skate culture are invited try to focus it more towards women femme identifying people so because like you're you're touching on the fact that like skate historically and now is still like largely white male dominated um how do you guys feel like physically inserting yourself into those spaces and like what type of response do you think you typically get like from the people that are already there yeah so this is kind of like the biggest shock to me that i've like that has happened i thought it was going to be super awkward i thought it was going to be like a lot of rejection from us there's this huge stereotype around skate culture that they don't like new skaters. They don't like girls um, acting like they can skate. They don't like girls trying to like pose for like Instagram or whatever, yeah. like as skaters. So I was nervous starting that off. But once we got into the skate parks and just meeting different skaters, they were all so freaking stoked that we were creating the space and just learning. Like skaters, like real skaters and good skaters actually are just so happy to see people learning the basics or just see people learning a new thing Mm -hmm. and to see people that they don't usually see learning anyway. And we've gotten enormous support and like a bunch of positive response from everyone. Like at skate parks, some people like try to help us out with like tricks that we're trying to learn or they leave us alone, which is great. (laughs) Sometimes they'll get in our way, which I'll have to like enforce like, hey, yeah. give us some space um which sometimes it depends on the skater too yeah we have a lot of posers out here uh, <laughs> for sure no yeah. that's awesome well that's good that you know one point for the fucking white men yeah <laughs> <laughs> they've been pretty supportive so far so i know there's like there's kind of like barriers to entry 
for women and people of color and like mm-hmm. lower income people, right? Um, like to participate in skate culture. Um, I saw you guys like had a GoFundMe and things like that. I don't know. Can you like talk a little bit like about that and how that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a couple really big barriers of entry, mm-hmm. which would be obviously like the affordability of buying a skateboard. Mm-hmm. A typical complete setup, which includes like the board, the deck, the grip tape, the wheels, the hardware for all of that costs around 130 to $150. Yeah. One of the hugest reasons why I didn't start skateboarding sooner was because mm-hmm. I'm like, $150, I can spend that on like so many different other things, yeah. you know? So it's just like, the accessibility of being able to buy a skateboard is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to this GoFundMe so that we can be able to bu- like fund people to have skateboards. Yeah, like and people that like want to come, but exactly. Yeah, probably, yeah, we've been getting a lot of DMs of people saying, "I can't wait to join you all when I get a board," or "I can't afford a board right mm-hmm. now." Like, but hopefully soon. And I'm like, no, like this shouldn't be that way. Like, right. if you love something, money shouldn't be an issue mm-hmm. for you to start it. Like, we have to find a way to help you out. Yeah, so because it can be like a really good outlet for people. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, it's skateboarding. Period is an amazing outlet for people who suffer with depression, anxiety, just any mental health complications. It's mm-hmm. a great outlet to just let go and let all of your frustrations and just stresses just out on the skateboard and maybe fuck yourself up a little bit, yeah. play, get rough a little bit, and just support each other mm-hmm. in in that and like you learn how to fall literally you learn how to get back up and you learn how to continue practicing until you get a new trick down but back to the barriers of entry (laughs) another one would be location that we've run into quite often Mm. so there's not enough south side skate parks period Mm. there's like very few and we have a lot of girls and they can't make the meetups because they're all up north so one of our like long-term term goals would be to hopefully fund a new skate park on the south side of chicago that'd be crazy right i think we could, yes, could do it. it yeah i think we could do it definitely yeah. do you know have you experienced i don't know if this is still a thing i'm not super familiar with skate culture but i know like in movies and stuff you always see like security guards like chasing skaters <laughs> away from skating on things do you think that like policing um is a thing like does it happen more like on the south side with the like skateboarders in public spaces I'm sure it does. Yeah, I generally try to go to skate parks with the meetups, places that I've already been to and places that I know we won't have cops like bugging us about. Um, But skate culture has always been notorious for like being a rebellions to society because it's not encouraged. That's kind of like why Grant Park was built, I think, was to get skaters off of the monuments and into like a concentrated area. yeah so yeah you guys have been like growing pretty quickly right Mm -hmm. yeah you guys like basically just started this summer two months ago yeah that's (laughs) crazy um so yeah you just like mentioned like yeah one of your goals what's like your vision i don't know for like yeah we we've all talked about this we want to include more um sessions that aren't so skate focused Mm -hmm. so mental health is like a huge topic between all of the skaters that we have in common so we wanted to start doing like some maybe like sister circle like type talks or just like mental health type talks where we talk about like how our week was or just some traumas that have happened to us or like what's good about our lives and just how we can all support each other better like as a community and just try to get some healing going on outside of the skateboard um, we want to have, like, movie nights. We want to have, like, 
um, decorate your own skateboard days where we can paint our own skateboards and stuff and just community building yeah yeah (laughs) different types of like events and things like yeah do you guys have have you guys thought about i don't know if there's a thing but like winter like yeah what what you are are there like indoor skate places in chicago there's a couple there's a couple um i'm hoping to get something rolling with a friend of mine that has an indoor skate park so where we can do our tuesday meetups there um in the but like in the, in the winter yeah um i definitely want to hopefully get a partnership with the indoor skate park to where we can have tuesday meetups there but yeah that's definitely a problem we're gonna run into mm. and i don't know we'll we'll figure it out for sure yeah. cool. i see fro skate just like global like doing like meetups and like different like shit all over the I world see a van's sponsorship in or the future something. yeah <laughs> tell them to sponsor us <laughs> we're gonna manifest we manifest in it right now yes. yeah definitely i think it's super doable yeah yeah i think we, we, a lot of people have their eyes on us but mm-hmm. they're just like waiting because we're so new they want to make sure that we're not gonna like flake on the whole for skate idea and they mm-hmm. want to make sure that we're actually like improving and putting mm-hmm. in work which i understand so we're just waiting gonna get there it's gonna happen yeah i'm excited we'll be keeping up for sure yeah Yeah. for um people who might be listening right now that are interested in getting involved what's the best way just follow us on instagram and show up to a meetup there's no like requirements there's no like you have to submit an application like anyone can come we Mm -hmm. even have sometimes some dudes come (laughs) <laughs> or some like um younger kids it's definitely a little bit more geared towards older women just because that's what you usually don't see you see a lot of younger kids learning how to skateboard but i'm trying to like put a bigger focus on older women mm-hmm. but yeah just show up to a meetup and just have a good time like put in the effort and just keep returning yes bring the good vibes yeah bring good, good vibes, vibes. <laughs> and do you want to spell out like that um instagram handle we yeah. can like tag it too in that um, we'll definitely tag it. Sure, yes. Yeah. Um, the Instagram is underscore f r o s k a t e underscore froskate. Dope. Aside from froskate, I know you and Sam both just closed out another pretty cool project last week um, at Nike Lab, and you guys were doing that for like the past eight weeks. Um, so I heard a lot about it from Sam, but I was curious about how you would describe the program and like what you got out of the experience and Sam can jump in too. It was an eight week long um, program. Um, I describe it as a Netflix abstract series, which is just like a documentary series that touches on different um, mediums of art. Um, so each, each week we had a different mentor that would come and speak to all mm-hmm. 10 of us mentees. Um, just about their professions. Um, we had a architecture mentor, mm-hmm. graphic design mentor, fashion design, brand identity, photography. Yeah. Um, and we got chosen just by being recommended by a community leader in Chicago that mm-hmm. saw talent in us, saw that we, re- we represented Chicago city itself, mm-hmm. and we're all multidisciplinary artists. Um, and yeah, and all the 10 were it seven mentors yeah i think it was a six or seven because some of them were like groups fields. like duos like okay yeah duos, yeah right yeah duos um but yeah it was pretty cool yeah all i think the mentors were like part like oh like the best part of it For also sure. like all of like us like yes the, like definitely. mentees all of the artists like 
meeting everyone and working with everyone was great. We yeah. have, like, a little family now. Yes. But, yeah, all of the mentors were, like, super inspiring, I think. I don't know. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yep. So do you, um, well, like, I know, Sam, you just mentioned, like, community leaders and people helped with nominations for the artists that were selected for the um, incubator. Mm-hmm. And, like, Virgil also, like, helped approve the yeah. 10 artists that were selected. Yeah. Do you think overall that Nike and Virgil and the other leaders' input did a good job of, like, selecting the group and getting good representation for the city? I think they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, at, even at the fact that our last installation showcase, which was a summary of what we learned over the eight weeks, mm-hmm. all of our booths were so completely different. So and different. they were so amazing and so unique. Literally, they were all so amazing. It was like, so. an, in, like a peek into, like, everyone's, like, Fine. personality or, yeah. Like, yeah, or, like, imagination. Yeah. It was really dope. And, yeah, everyone's, yeah, just has, like, such a different style and, like, different, like, you just have these different mediums and, like, yeah. I think it was really, like, beautiful. Like, I don't know, not to just talk about ourselves as being great, but it was pretty cool, I think. (laughs) I think it ended on a good note. Like, the program, obviously, there's, like, pros and cons to everything. Mm -hmm. But I think that it, like, ended on a good note. I don't know if you would agree. Yeah. Do you have any specific highlights from the whole eight weeks that, I mean, I know you mentioned like some of your, like the mentor's input was like really impactful. Um, I guess some of the highlights would be whenever we had the chance to build an idea Mm -hmm. after a class. So each class was broken up into like a lecture towards the beginning. And then afterwards we had a hands-on workshop experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so each time that we had a workshop, that'd be my favorite mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, also building our installations together. Yeah. It was literally like project one way. We were all, like <laughs> we were all running around, like fabric was flying in the air. Yes. Like people were like screaming 30 minutes left. And we're all just like, ah, it was, it <laughs> that was, was cool. intense. It was intense, actually. but it was fun. And me and Carly <laughs> were like not sleeping for like a week straight. Oh my God. Two. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We were just like up, like working on other stuff too. Carly, like had like, like work, work stuff yeah. and stuff too. But like yeah, we were just like up in the studio, grinding, not sleeping, yeah. ideating. Yes. Do you want to talk about some of like the themes that you guys touched on? So like with this type of program, it's not like you were being hosted by an art space. You're being hosted by Nike, which is like a sports retailer. But they're also you know trying to be invested and connected to like the arts and cultural community so like i guess um like if you guys want to touch on like some of the themes like how you connected your art to like the themes and values of nike i guess hmm. yeah they kind of like would like try to like keep us in like even for like the final like yeah showcase or whatever like the theme was like supposed to be like Sports. what does sport yeah. mean to you <laughs> But, like, we didn't have to, like, like directly, like, literally, like, respond to yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah. I definitely... That wasn't really my main concern was linking it all. back towards Nike. Yeah. I mean, but I did kind of want to res- respect um, their program mm-hmm. in that way in which I linked... And also myself. So, I linked skateboarding to yeah. my program totally it wasn't going to be that originally and then i was like oh crap i need to put in like something sporty mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like what am i doing right now that's sport i'm like duh skateboarding <laughs> so i'm like who is like 
a person of color figure at least that has helped me in my skateboarding mm-hmm. journey and it was Timmy Johnson so I just implemented him in one of my um prints for the showcase yes it was super dope Carly like is like amazing at like photoshop photo manipulation, manipulation. <laughs> if you are unfamiliar guys you need to check out her work yeah. we're gonna we'll plug it at the end <laughs> but yeah no it was just it was really fun and I feel like they didn't like really force it on us too much like they didn't like keep us like in a box like i mean in terms of like our creativity i feel like they like tried to work with us yeah yeah. and like make shit happen so it was cool and like we got some free shoes and stuff too so that was nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah cool um okay well like in regards to Virgil's connection to the program and support of the program, um, like, what do you think, like, wh- what does it mean for you to see artists like Virgil who are people of color, who are, like, you know, trying to break barriers and push forward in the fields of art and design, especially, like, on a global stage? It's super important. Like, even if it's just having, like, a black face as a high fashion brand. Um, shout outs to Virgil, shout outs to Rihanna. <laughs> yes. um, it's definitely really important for us to just be seen in that area. I know like growing up, I kind of didn't like my skin tone because I didn't really see myself in ads. I didn't really see myself around just in culture in general. I just didn't think it was even a possibility to even like fathom, to even like think about having myself in these spaces. So mm-hmm. I am definitely super, um, grateful um that there is a person of color in those spaces um yeah it's inspiring to see virgil putting on for blackface yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i think that it's really i've been following his work for a few years now so i think that it's like amazing what he's accomplished and Mm -hmm. i hope that like yeah lots of like young like black and brown kids can like see him and be like oh i can do that responsibility for you yeah they maybe they they won't even question it because they'll just see people doing exactly and they'll just be like oh i want to be a fashion designer too and then it'll be like yeah yeah do that you can do that yeah that would be awesome like you're obviously like focusing on like pro skate but like what else do you think is like next or like on the horizon for you um so just like in relation to closing out the program and also what's next, I want to start creating more physical things. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed even just like having my print in my apartment now that I created from the program, I'm like, this is pretty raw. Like, I need to start printing out more of my work. And mm-hmm. it only cost me like 20 bucks to get it printed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not a faraway place that I would have to aim to reach. I want to mm-hmm. start making more jewelry, making more things that incorporate my art, my artwork and like my signature style in the physical, mm-hmm. creating intellectual property that I can sell and like make profit off of mm-hmm. so I can fund other ideas that I want to be doing. Yeah. That's a good goal. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. Cause like a lot of artists that are like, yeah, kind of like graphic design, like based, like so much of it, like only exists like on the internet and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that that is like really good. I think people would love to have your prints and like designs in like their homes and things like that for sure yeah i mean people don't print things that much in general because before like you like people would have like digital cameras or, mm-hmm. or, or like disposable cameras either i 
as well. And like you would get your film like print developed and you would have all these pictures, but like everyone takes pictures on their iPhones now and it just mm-hmm. like lives on social media. So like if you don't, if you lose track of those technologies in the future, like we don't have like boxes of printed photo images, and memories. And yeah. Things. Like people used to. And it's also like, it's just different looking at your art in natural light, looking at it in person. Mm-hmm. You just see details you didn't even notice that you put there, just like showing out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's something more beautiful. And I guess just the memory of our old childhood of having things in person, like imagery, mm-hmm. like art. We're just used to having things in person. So just to have the reminder of what that feels like, what that looks like, mm-hmm. I think has an impact on yeah how people we, like experience yeah it and, exactly yeah versus yeah. seeing it all digitally yeah no for sure okay. yeah so we're we're closing out like we want like people who are listening to like know more about like how they can get connected with you and like how they could support your work or like hit you up if they're like interested in like any of your services yeah, anything um but like also if you state. like want to like share anything else as we're closing out too yeah plug yourself um, please donate boards to fro skate um or money right money as well because we're looking to like throw more events and we can't throw events and book event spaces without funds mm-hmm. <laughs> uh we need to get like copy we need to get like all the legal stuff in order mm-hmm. i don't know helmets and stuff maybe one day would be great <laughs> <laughs> um but personally for my own art um please inquire about buying my prints buying my paintings mm-hmm. um vends a lot of people don't think that i like want to vend for some reason or it's just something mm-hmm. i would love to vend more at more events yeah just have more opportunity to like sell my art and show my artwork oh. um yeah and you yeah. also are you taking like freelance work right now or like commission work or no it's too busy um it really depends on your budget and the, the project budget gotta size be right and your correct. deadline <laughs> uh i was freelance i was freelancing artist um for a couple of years until very recently mm-hmm. so i'm just going through this transition now of now having a corporate nine to five fro skate mm-hmm. and like i had nike that just ended so like trying to figure out my Balance transition everything. between going from a freelance i have time in my hands i can mm-hmm. do 100 things at once versus like now i have so much stuff to do so right. if your price is right and your deadline's cool like let's get it <laughs> dope and is the best way to contact you instagram or like yeah. email or instagram is probably best um i don't check my email as much anymore nowadays now that i'm not freelancing as much yeah. cool. um my instagram is at adobe Juan W A N Ken K E N O B O B I I Adobe Wan Kenobi Star Wars thing. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll put it in the um the description of the podcast and also like of course on her Instagram and stuff too. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having yes. me. Yes, yes, I'm like so excited to see everything that you do in the future. Same for your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks. This has been Systematic Podcast with Samantha, Alexis, and Carly. Bye. Adios. Peace. Mm-hmm. Dope. That's it.